All right. Let's do this. Let's do this. The Brandy and Andy Show. What do you say, Brandy? Well, my name is Brandy, and I um, I like drinking beer. Uh, I'd agree with that. My name's Andy, by the way. Um, for those who you don't know, uh, I do also enjoy a nice uh beer on a Friday night. Well, enough with that, Andy. Tell me who you are and what you do. All right. So, uh, pretty much, uh, what's up? My name's Andrew. Um, uh, I like to drink beer. Um. Other than that, um, uh, middle aged. <laughs> you consider? Imagine, imagine describing yourself as middle aged and you're 23 years old. I was about to say that again. I just turned 24, dude. I'm about a quarter of the way through my life. So <laughs> if that, dude, I'm gonna die by the time I'm 50. I know it. I drink way too much beer and eat way too much pizza. <laughs> Oh man! All right, so yeah, middle aged at twenty three, just graduated from college in twenty nineteen. Um, I guess we should say that it's February fifth currently. Um, so just so the people at home know what's going on here. Um, yeah, but other than that, I work at a uh, family business with my father and aunt. Um, and I asked my dad what my job title was uh, the other day. And he said, I am the sales and marketing director. So um, take that with a grain of salt. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, I live at home because I'm a baller. Uh, I like to save money. I like investing my money. Um, so saving money, investing money. I don't know if those go hand in hand. You be the judge Well, uh, after this podcast. But I was going to say, man, I don't know if saving money is considered throwing a lot of money at something that then loses a lot of money. But I guess if you make a lot of money off throwing a lot of money, which could not become a lot of money, but then you make a lot of money, that's saving money. I I tell you what, though. I tell you what, though. I did proper DD, okay? I'm not in it for the the one-day gangs, okay? I feel like you threw a little shade at me there, and that's fine. I appreciate it. But at the end of the day, I'm long. I'm long on GameStop, okay? I'm long. We're just well, we, getting we, started on something special here. We can, we can talk about GameStop a little bit later. I think that's something that's that what I, we, yeah. should, we should cover. Okay. Uh, but you go my ahead. Is, yeah, you yeah, go yeah. Just, yeah, let's hear it. My, my name's Brandy. Um, really, there's not... I don't have a cool job title like Andy. I wish I did. I'm simply a software engineer. I work for a rather large company. Um, and that's it. I mean that that's all there is to brandy. I like drinking beer and eating pizza. I think He's I already said that guy. though. Very simple, simple guy. guy. Yeah, I have a dog. I guess that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's brandy. I think, I think at the end of the day, our relationship started because we're two simple guys who just don't care. All right. <laughs> like if you care too much, I stop caring a lot. So. That's true. It is true. That's something like, that's always bothered me about you, to be honest. <laughs> not going to lie, dude. <laughs> you? Like, no, I think that's a, a great thing. But at the same time, like, you just, you care a lot. But at the same time, you don't care. No, I don't. Because you got to think about it like this, okay? We got, we got a long time on this earth, okay? And if you start caring about all this stuff, you're just going to stress yourself out. You know, life's, you're going to make life way too hard. Life that's is... True. 
specific circumstances aside, life life is uh, what you make of it, okay? But if you're making it hard on yourself, that's going to be your life. Your life is going to be hard, okay? I don't want to have a hard life. I want to have a simple life. So I keep things simple. I think I need to take a page or two out of your book. I don't know. I'm uh, after this podcast. I'm actually uh, have my first TED Talk recording. So. Um, oh really? Yeah, I'll I'll give you a backstage pass. Uh, Wait, what's it on? It's about not caring. Yeah, just absolutely not caring whatsoever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay, honestly, so- like, there's there's some confusion about how you and I became friends, right? There is because it it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense. Like you. Because- you you see us in person and you're like, oh, yeah, those two are really good friends. But it wasn't always that way. When we met, I, I, I want to exactly categorize us as having the same interests or having two personalities that would go together. I don't know if you'd agree with that. Uh, at first, no, 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 no. I, I couldn't have seen it. No, no way. Um, but despite all the factors of life um life has a way of uh uniting two parties um out of the blue and actually um changing your life in the course of one weekend so before we jump into how we actually met i am curious i've been curious for a long time what did you think of me when you first met me okay we're on we're on record here so I'm going to tell you as blunt as I can and as okay. straight up as I can. Are you going to offend me? I hope not. I don't think so. I don't think okay, so. I don't okay. think I could offend you, honestly. I it feel would like take a lot. I feel like if I said something so offensive to you, you would just laugh at me. Like literally <laughs> you would just be like, "Okay, you're I know you're just not telling the truth right now." <laughs> we'll see, I guess. Um, yeah, so I thought you were the one of the scariest peoples I've ever seen. I was very, very intimidated by you. I was scared of you. Um, I had no way of determining how to even approach you or introduce myself to you, so I just didn't. Um, yeah, uh, I just, I literally thought you were scary. I was scared. I come off that way to most people, to be honest with you. Anybody that first meets me, uh, first of all, I have a really bad case of uh rbf rbf yeah i was gonna say it but i didn't want to (laughs) very bad case of rbf also i don't exhibit emotions very well unless it is around somebody that i am very comfortable with so there you go being around new people is not my strong suit however i latch on to people pretty quickly if i like them if i don't like you i'll honestly let you know i don't like you and that's one of my really bad traits is i can't keep my mouth shut but um i don't think that's a bad trait because because it can be the thing is like you talk a lot and i i like i i don't talk that much i feel like i'm i'm very observant and um try to understand like i try to observe social cues and what's going on before i jump into things um now I'm saying that and thinking I do that when I don't know the people. So um, right. Brandon doesn't get that side of me anymore. Um, right. Uh, I have there's there's all uh, uh, no censorship or anything with Brandon anymore. So I'm saying this and he's like, you're full of it. But that's the truth. 
Yeah, uh, that's fair. I think we should. Uh, I think we should dive into our uh, our weekend that we got to know each other. Yes. So a, a, a little bit of backstory on that. So when Andy and I were in uni, university, we're not we, from, uh, we're not from Europe, by the way. No, no, no. Kind of wish kid, I was, but no. This kid's saying uni over here. Like uni. It's... Well, it's easier to say, but <laughs> why are you making fun of me? Uh, no, but when we, when we were in university, when we were at college, is that better? There you when go. we were at I'll, college, I'll accept it. We were part of a fraternity. Uh, Andrew joined quite a while. I don't even. When did you join? I joined the spring term of my freshman year. Would have been oh, so you were in it for spring, a good yeah, while then? Yeah, that would have been the spring of 2016. Right. Wow. I joined, I think, around. It was after my first year being there, but I was already a sophomore. Yeah, I was going on to be a junior. I think I want to say it was in the winter of our sophomore year, something like that. But anyways, we we were a part of a very large uh, fraternity Uh, at this school. It was not very large. It was very small. I think we were probably one of the smallest chapters in the country Uh, and that fraternity was Kappa Sigma. And every year, Kappa Sigma hosts an annual get-together, uh, either conclave, which is like just all the brothers getting together for all the, from all the chapters and talking about fraternity stuff. Um, and Andrew and I had an opportunity to go to one. Together. Together. Listen to this. this I haven't even introduced myself to this man yet. We had okay. never talked. I'm still scared of this guy, and now I have to get on a plane and fly across the country to Louisiana, New Orleans. I think one of the first things that I ever talked to you about was you texted me, and you were like, hey, my mom is trying to coordinate airplane tickets with you, <laughs> and can you send me your info? And that was like one of the first things that I had ever said to you, or you had ever said to me, and I had ever replied back to. Yep. That sounds about um, right. But, you know, every relationship has its start, and that was the start of ours. It was. Um, so, man, I wish we could tell this story in its full potential. I know. I was I actually really going to ask you. We should probably... So, the whole idea of the Brandy and Andy show is we want to keep everything as PG-13 as possible, essentially. Um, so, there may be holes here and there. They're just things that we don't feel like need to be put out there on the internet because obviously I still want to remain employable. <laughs> Andy might want to maintain a reputation, you know? Um, now, not all these ba- things are bad. Like, a lot of them are good, but they they're are. just not things that we should necessarily tell strangers on the internet who we don't exactly, know. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, let's, let's get this started. Um, we flew out Friday night, no, Saturday morning at midnight. Okay. This mm-hmm. conference starts Saturday. We had our first meeting at like 11 New Orleans time, I think. Yeah, something like that. So we hop on the plane, we fly to Dallas, we get to Dallas at like 6 a.m. Okay. <laughs> I so still don't get... think by this time we had really, really talked to each other that much. No, no. Cause on the plane, we didn't sit by each other. Right. Brandon right. Brandon sat towards the back and I was towards the front. So we weren't we were not close to each other. No conversation. Anyways, so we land in Houston and we get off the plane, we like chat and then we're like, "Let's get something to eat." So we sit down at this bar 
And I looked over, I'm pretty sure I looked over to Brandon and asked him if he wanted to get a beer. And then Brandy was like, have you ever had a Boilermaker? And I was like, oh, no. Boy. So we order oh. a Boilermaker. We get a nice, tall, crisp glass of Coors Light and a nice shot of Jack Daniels. Oh, dude, it was worse than Jack Daniels. They, they set it down in front of us. And I'm like, okay, what now? He's like, you pour the pour the shot in the beer and you drink it, okay? <laughs> I don't I, think I ate any. We didn't eat anything, no, did I we? Don't, I think we like walked around and looked for food, but I don't think we ever actually ate yeah, anything. And it was by so, the way, it was so early in the morning, like li- like literally, this is six a.m. I'm pretty sure it was Jim Beam, not Jack. Yes, Jim Beam. Because it was like I, I, I'm pretty sure I wanted to go for like the cheapest thing possible because I didn't want to. I knew it was going to be expensive, and it was, and I didn't want to spend thirty dollars on a drink. I'm pretty sure it was still like twenty. I think it was, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we uh oh yeah, moral of the, moral of this whole story is Jim Bean. That's the moral of the story. Two words, it's a guy's name, it's an alcoholic beverage, Jim Bean. It's not okay? good. Remember that. Anyways, so we we drink our boilermakers, it's six AM, we hop on another flight, land in New Orleans at like ten. We get to our hotel, get everything packed away, then we head down to the first meeting. And I completely fell asleep during the entire thing because I was exhausted. And then I think we had like the first two sessions together. Yeah. Yeah. So we were together and I was just absolutely exhausted. And then I just remember Brainy waking me up and everyone was leaving. And I'm like, okay, yeah, let's go. What's what's going on? Let's do it. Um, yeah, you go ahead and, uh, take the next leg of this journey here. We don't need well, to, I don't, we don't really need to spell it out. We can just hit the major points. I think uh, I'm just going to say, talk about, right, right. So I'm just going to say like, you know, not everyone in a fraternity drinks. Okay. Um, and a fraternity does not make you drink as people might think. Okay. It is 100% at will of the user. Uh, we drink a lot. I think after we were done with our sessions for the day, we went to the local, was it like a Walgreens or something? CVS. CVS. CVS they sell, Pharmacy. They sell alcohol there. We were in Louisiana. They sell alcohol there. Oh, That's we, like we never, unheard of. We never specified. We, uh, we, we went to school at Western Oregon University. So we're for, well, I'm from Oregon. Vern's a weary traveler, but. He had resided in Oregon yeah. for a couple of years. Um, That's a whole other story. Going to yeah. college. Um, so, yeah, Oregon, got to go to a liquor store. They all close at six or seven. Like, if you're late, sorry, bud, you're drinking Coors Light all night. And not open on Sundays because it's Jesus Day, which, yep. hallelujah. But anyways, <clears throat> where were we? Oh, yeah. So we went to the nearest CVS, and we bought some more Jim Bean. And we proceeded to drink that Jim Bean throughout the night um to be completely honest with you andy i wish i could tell more of the story as to what happened later that night did that ha- did the main night was that the night we met up with the southern florida bros is that what oh, you're referring to yeah was, yeah yeah was that yeah. the second night no we're we... were we only there one night we were only there one night we were there saturday and we oh left my sunday gosh Holy cow. Yeah, it was insane. Okay. All right. So I'll tell this next part of the story because uh, 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 Brandy here was um, 
how do you want to put this? I drank a little bit. Brandy. He drank. Yeah. Um, and when you drink excessively, you tend to forget things. Yeah. Um, so we are in an elevator heading down. We're all dressed up. We got our freaking frat shorts on. We got our button ups on. We're going to hit the town. We got our Sperry's on, right? So we're going down our elevator. And you got to remember, we are at a conference with probably over a thousand Kappa Sigma brothers. Um, so we got numbers around this uh, New Orleans area. Also, our hotel was about a block away from Bourbon Street. Oh, so one other thing. Sorry, Andy. There was another fraternity there. I forgot about that. Oh, my gosh. Yes, there, there was. was. So it wasn't just like, you know, Kappa Sigma being in Louisiana, having some fun. It was two massive fraternities being there partying on in the Bourbon same Street. hotel. Yeah. Some of them were in the same hotel. It was it was insane. Sorry, but you can yeah. continue. No, 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 no. You're good. So we get on this elevator and we're, we're probably, we walked into this elevator and I'd say there's probably four to six to eight other brothers in the elevator and they were all from the same fraternity. And we're like, what's up guys? Like, what's your plan? Well, they're from, I think it was South Florida University. I'm pretty, something like that. Yeah. I know from Florida. I think. Um, But anyways, they're like, yeah, we're going to go to this local bar. Like you guys should come with us. So we just joined them. Um. At this point, we are probably done with the gym bean bottle. Um, I'm going off of like two hours of sleep sitting up in a chair. Um, so is Brandy. But we go to this bar um, and they are drinking, what were we drinking? Miller Lights? Dude, we were drinking, what? it was either or Bush. Miller or... No, it was Bush. We were not drinking Bush. It was Bush, dude. I'm telling you, they got the cheapest beer. They're like, we only drink treat beer. So we ordered Bush. Now they gave us a 32 ounce cup. I remember Bush this light. part. I do remember okay, this. Okay, this cup, this cup is massive, and it's like the cheapest cup I've ever – like, you grab it. Like, you put your hand around it, and your hand just starts sinking into it. Like, like we're talking, like, the cheapest solo cup you've ever seen. But they're like, okay, so they we play this game where – actually, we can't really get into this, can we? Um, No, I – that's hard. I, I don't – I think we can. Are you talking about the B word? Yeah. I think we can. Anyways, yeah, we yeah, play yeah. this game where if you hold your cup in your right hand and one of them catches you holding your cup in your right hand, they say buffalo and you have to drink your drink. Well, we pick up our drinks off the bar, we turn around, and literally at that moment, one of the South Florida guys was standing there and he buffaloed both of us. <laughs> so we are we're running on Jim Bean. No sleep, and now we have to chug a 32 ounce bush light. <laughs> so I, so I looked at Dan, I looked at Vern, and then uh, we just started drinking them, and Vern pounded his. Okay, and I'm like, I hate bush light. I absolutely hate bush light. It's the worst. I think it is the worst beer I've ever had. <laughs> like I'm being 100 percent honest with you. Um, but yeah, we start drinking. Um, dirt. Uh, Vern slams his. I got about. <sighs> maybe halfway through and then uh i looked at brandon i'm like dude i can't finish this <laughs> and then like at this point the southern florida guys had like walked away and he's like dude i got you and brandon just sends it he just finishes it for me and i think about five minutes after that is when we lost brandon for the night um his body was there but his soul was resting i was having a good um, time i remember yeah, we were having a great time i remember we bits and pieces from that i remember the stage which we can't talk about what happened on the stage uh, was, we can 
we can discuss. Oh, we can we? Okay, so I'd I'd say I, I do remember this. I think this is where Wait, I before before we get into the stage. I want to paint the picture here. Okay. 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 We're at this tight. This bar is like literally the most hole in the wall place. Oh, like, yeah. I'm a tall guy, and the ceilings were probably seven feet tall. Like, oh yeah. It was the most crammed. Like, I could touch the ceiling. Like, not even barely lifting my hand up. Um, and it was just packed in there. Like pack, there's people sitting at all the tables, standing people all over standing, and then there was a stage and they had live music. Um, and at one point, the band started doing live karaoke, and this is where Dirty Dan will take you to the next part. You have so many different names for me, and I love I it. Know, I know, I know. No, it's all good. But uh, anyways, so I don't, I don't know who this chick was, but we were all having a good time drinking our drinking our bush. And anyways, we're drinking our bush, and this lady just comes up. And people in the crowd start cheering, start cheering for her. I'm looking at Andrew like, what's even happening? First of all, I didn't know they were doing karaoke. I, I thought this girl just honestly just got up on the stage and wanted to like, wanted attention or something. But she was not a small girl. This girl, if I remember correctly, she was a big girl. She was not a small girl. <laughs> and all of a sudden, we're watching her. And she decides to pretty much take off her shirt. And throw her hoo-hahs all over the place. Yeah. All over the place. And the crowd and just she was, goes insane. insane. She was probably in like her 40s or 50s, I would say. Jeez, oh, dude. <laughs> I cannot say that that was a point in my life that I enjoyed. And I, I, I don't body shame. Like, you know, people, people, I'm, I'm a bigger guy myself, right? I'm a bigger guy myself. But that was not something that I was expecting to have happen at a bar. I have never seen that before. There's only one time when I have seen something where someone has done something like that in Oregon, and it was at a, uh, was at a, oh, geez, where was that? I think Julia brought me to a, a gay strip club, but that's a whole nother story. That's something we can talk about, like, <laughs> way down the line. Not right now. It was. Oh, I love it. But that was, that. I think that was the point where I pretty much gave up for the night. <laughs> Yeah, so after that, we stayed at that bar for quite a while. Um, the boys from South Florida got us to go. We were walking. It was on Bourbon Street. Um, and Bourbon Street in the middle of July at midnight is the most crowded place on the face of the earth. Um, there's probably at least 50,000 people slammed into this street that is literally th 13 feet wide with, like, sidewalks. Um, so, like, they block the street off. There's people everywhere. There's, like just random vendors giving out dollar sh jello shots. So we took a couple of those um, and the boys were like, let's go to a club where ladies dance, the South Florida boys. And this was like around 2 AM. And I was like, I was like, yeah, let's do it, whatever. And then Vern was like, yeah, 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 let's go. Like so excited. And then I kind of looked at him like, this is not a good idea. Like we were about to get into it. So I, I, uh, Pulled out my trump card and said, ah, boys, we're going to head back, you know, whatever. Um, probably the best decision I made that weekend. Um, I think it was because if I... Fern was upset. You were very upset. I, I bet I was, dude. I wanted more action after that bar. Like, <laughs> I was down. I was ready to go. At that oh, time, man. I was in a relationship that I didn't too much care about. So I was just ready to do whatever <laughs> a man wanted to do. But if I remember correctly... When we first got to Louisiana, none of my cards were working. I don't remember. No, like I, I couldn't, no, I couldn't pull no out any cash or anything. So what I would have done at the strip club, I have no idea. Could not tell you. 
but I know it wouldn't have involved anything with money. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that trip brought us very close. We had a great, great party night together. Um, I think that kind of made it easier to talk to each other um, the next day. Um, the next day, we went and had breakfast at a Mexican food restaurant. Oh, that was so much fun. And it was really good. We we're the only people there, and this like this waiter was just like she was hilarious. We had good food. Um, it was weird that we got Mexican food in New Orleans, though. Kind of upset about that, but you know it is what it is. Well, we we went and got some uh, some. I got a some, hush puppy. Yeah, yeah. I got well. Didn't we go alligator. to a restaurant? I think I got you got alligator. That's what it was. Yeah, I got alligator hush puppy. That was really good. Or not a hush puppy. Uh, po boy. Po boy. Yeah. Hush puppies are like bite sized. Uh, anyways, yeah, we uh went there and then we went to a cigar bar. It was actually really cool. Um, that was the first time I've ever been to a cigar cigar bar. And we sat outside. It was about 98 degrees, just smoking cigars, sweating our doinks off. Um, but yeah, I think that trip kind of just showed us like how similar we were, but how different at the same time, which is like the beautiful thing about life, you know, like, um, doesn't matter how different you are than someone, like you're still gonna have a lot of interest with them. Um and uh that trip brought us so close together. Like okay. I feel like after that we just like instantly became friends. Like yeah. No no awkward stage or anything like that. It was just like straight into a friendship and like I've never had that in my life and I really, really appreciate it yeah. because there's like never been any drama. Like we're just like two really, really laid back dudes and like just makes it easy to be friends you know like i don't ever have to worry about brandon getting mad at me for something stupid i do and i get mad at brandon he knows he makes me mad but he knows i love him so he can keep doing what he does oh dude i don't think you <laughs> <laughs> i um yeah no uh our relationship grew so quickly and i'm really thankful for that as well i'm really thankful that we can do stuff like this um absolutely and yeah. this is not our first business venture that we have talked about uh, it is it is the only business adventure or venture that we have actually followed through with, and I hope it, it has a long life. But we also we're going to make something called Vanton Mears. Vanton. Vanton Mears. It is the combination of our last names. We will leave it at that. Yes, combination of our last names. It was going to be the next big thing. At the time, I was still in college. Uh, I think Andrew has graduated, but we were living yep. together, and we had this brilliant idea. To make smart mirrors. This is this is before you see the commercials today of like fitness mirrors and stuff. We're talking like like uh early, early, early twenty nineteen. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. No, yeah, it was twenty nineteen. No, you moved in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20, so we're talking like twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah. So that we're talking like two and a half years ago. Um and like we watched a bunch of YouTube videos like Brandon had his Raspberry Pi. Like he was like, "Dude, I can do this." I'm like, "Okay, I can build it," and we just never did. I wish we would have done that. This... I wish we would have. Like, how stupid! It w how stupid would it have been if we made one? Like, <laughs> I mean, we probably could have made some okay money. I'm not sure about becoming millionaires out of it, but no, but... I th I think we could have peddled a few out though. The idea was definitely there. Oh, absolutely. But after seeing what you and I build. For example, you came over one weekend and you helped me build a uh, helped me build a desk. Um, I can say that our relationship works like this. Um, I have the ideas and you execute because <laughs> I cannot, for the life of me, 
make something come to fruition without you because I have I the it. idea that I tell it to you, you make it happen. And then we just build on that. And I think that's, yep. I think that's a really important aspect of our relationship. It is. Absolutely. I love it. I love it because you, you like, like I had, I do have ideas on things, but like, I'm just lazy and don't like doing stuff because it's hard. Right. And I can just sit at my computer and play games, you know, but I feel like you, you like spark a fire under me that, get out there and do stuff all right you're getting a little bit too mushy for me here sorry i don't know what julia would say i don't even know what ashton would say about that shoot they want to care that's probably true <laughs> <laughs> uh anyways um one one positive thing that we did um you you said the podcast was the only thing we acted on but i believe you're wrong we converted our garage which was a single car garage full of just the most random college crap you could have ever found. We cleaned it up, threw a bunch of stuff away, and turned it into our man cave, which oh, we man. called I The don't, Lounge. The Lounge, that's what it was. I couldn't for the yeah. life of me remember what that was. It was that sick. That was a solid idea that I wish I, we could have done better, but we did a good job. No, we did. There was, there was multiple versions. Um, I think the last one we had was the best. We had a couple TV arrangements, uh, desks flipping around. But at the end of the day, we made it work for uh, what we had. We we didn't spend much money on it. Um, also, it I was, wish we t- took a picture of it. I We do have – I have a picture of it somewhere. There's got to be. There's got to be. I know I do. But you got to think like we did not have the biggest garage <laughs> like at no. all. That garage, if you're lucky, would fit a car. A small car. A very small car. I don't also I wanna say I wanna say something real quick. Um this this idea came to fruition when I was uh enrolled in a um um graduate program um to study business. Um and we had just gotten done doing homework for like eight hours straight. Oh, all day yeah, all day long right. we were doing homework and like at about like ten o'clock at night. I was like, dude, why don't we just turn our garage into like some sort of desk area so like we can work on homework and like be together? We spent so much time on that. I, in fact, I we think we did. We spent hours that night. I think the next day we wanted to go get like furniture and stuff for it, and I ended up calling out of work <laughs> just, <laughs> just so that we could go get furniture for the place. Yes, but it, it, yes. it turned out pretty good. It did. It did. It looked awesome. It was great. We spent ninety-eight percent of our days there. Um, yeah, I would just come home to Brandon, chilling on his computer, waiting for me to come and play video games. So it was awesome. All right, I'm going to be the one guy that tells us to move on. Uh, I'm going to be that guy right now. Next segment. So let's start. Let's get into the, the nitty gritty about this podcast. This this podcast stemmed off the idea of drinking beer and having a good time together. Yes, sir. So let's talk about let's talk about what's going on here, Brandon. Give okay. us the premise. Give okay. us the premise of this podcast. So, what's the what's the purpose? So every week. One of our segments will be a beer scoring scale, where every week we will have a new beer. We will primarily focus on beers which are local to Oregon, um, preferably smaller breweries, um, which we have a lot of. Oregon, thank God. For we started out. We started out with a big one from Oregon, though. We did. So don't, we, don't hate us. Well, we had a little uh, conundrum we, happen this afternoon. Indeed. So um, the original plan. Right now, I would just. I would just like to say and interrupt you for a hundredth time no, already. Okay. I just I just poured my second beer. 
Your second so, beer. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So wherever you're at, I'm at my second. Okay. Well, let's talk about the beer before I pour another beer because I have it right in my hand. Okay. So this week, we like Andy said, we did decide to go with a more, I'd say, popular and bigger beer um, than some of the other ones around us. So we went with a Pelican Brewing, uh, the Beak Breaker, which is a double IPA at nine percent. Yeah, yeah. Here, let me give you a little rundown. I've got the box right in front of me here. Um, we're drinking glass. You're drinking glass right now. Mm-hmm. So we're doing glass bottles. Um, we're pouring them into a beer glass, of course, because we're fancy. Um, we got six packs. Uh, we're looking at the Beak Breaker. It's a big, light orange box. Big, big font on it. Um, and the description is big, punchy hops, bright gold color. Citrus tropical aroma, inconceivably drinkable. Now, this is a double IPA. Um, Brandon, can you please explain to the viewers what a double IPA is? Well, you take one IPA and you add one more to it. <laughs> so then you have, you have a double IPA. And you get two. You got two of them. You got two IPAs. So now it's not 4%. It is 9% because you add one plus one equals two. Yeah, uh, four plus four is nine. Four so plus four is nine, so you have nine percent. That's where we're at. But yeah, anyways. Yeah, so let's let's get into our scale. Give the rundown. Okay, so we do have a beer scale here that we're going to do every week for every beer that we pick. Um, we're going to start out of 100 and break that down into five categories, into label, appearance, aftertaste, smell. Oh, sorry. Label, appearance, aftertaste, smell, taste, and drinkability. Each of us will give a and rating. We'll add that rating up, and we will find out what we think of that beer. We had we had a a long discussion about how to um, weight the scale. Um, we did some searching online, and we just thought it was fair if we made them all out of twenty points. Um, so total score of a hundred. Give them all the same power. Why not? You know, if a beer's got a sick label, give them twenty points for it. They deserve it. If they have a bad beer. That sucks. They got a sick label. They're going to get great marketing from it. I never thought about it that way. Yeah. We could like ruin a beer just based on its appearance. Yeah, we could. Yeah, um, but anyways. Anyways, <laughs> anyways um, this this beer comes, uh, they don't give me the exact city. It just says the Oregon coast, but I believe, I believe it started in Newport, I hope. I think it's Pacific City. Pacific City. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. That's where their main brewery is. Yeah, Pacific City. Um, which is um, out there by Tillamook, about 20 miles away from Tillamook, um, in our neck of the woods. Um, but yeah, local beer. Um, let's give a let's start grading it. What would you say? Let's start with the label appearance. Okay, so the label on the bot on the bottle. The label I kind of have an issue with, right? All right, let's hear it. You have all these small breweries around us, and we have a lot of them, and they go like all out on their labels. And this label is pretty boring. It's a circle. An orange circle with the pelican in it. This is pelican brewing. Yep. Um, I like I like the way they put beak breaker on there. I like the vertical font with the small beak underneath. Um, but yeah, like you said, not a lot of not a lot of uh it's not something that catches your eye. No. You don't look at it and say, I want to drink that, you know, it's just it looks like a beer. Um, and the thing about Pelican is they're, they're older than a lot of these micro brews. Um, they, they started way before the beer, the beer craze happened here in Oregon. Um, we're talking 25 years ago. So we're at a quarter of a century mark. Um, 
maybe they're um, overdue for a revamp of their marketing strategies. I I think I would agree with you on that. If this um, is their original logo, though, I kind of find that respectable. Like I I kind of like that. I think it is because that that pelican looks super familiar from the brewery there in Pacific City. Right. Um. So you got to you got to think all American. Um. Um, all American, all original, you know, 25 years, we're still riding that same logo. It's kind of cool. Um, it could be cool if they changed it, you know, and then maybe brought this one back in 10 to 15 years as a little anniversary or something. Um, I think, I think most of their beers actually share the same label, believe it or not. They do. Yeah. It's just different color. That's the only difference. It's just that Pelican, Pelican Brewery since 1996, Oregon coast, USA. So if you were to give Um, it a number one through 20, what would you give it? I'd probably give it a five. Um, really? I would give it a five. There's nothing, there's literally nothing there that piques my interests. Um, the, you can, the Pelican's very faded. You can, if you set it far away from you, you can barely even tell what it is. That's true. Um, other than that, it's a dark bottle. Um, I'm going to read this little, uh, I'm going to read this little punchline they put on it. I shouldn't have graded it before I, <laughs> okay, uh, Brady. Yeah. Um, let's back up because okay. we obviously have no idea what we're talking <laughs> okay. about. All right, let's back it up a little bit. Yep. I've got a city of Tillamook, Oregon on the bottle. Oh. So, Tillamook. Where do you see that? Must be, it's, uh, just spin it over. It says brewed and bottled by Pelican Brewing Company, Tillamook, Oregon. It's got a phone number and a website. Okay, so we were wrong. Yeah, we were wrong. We were twenty miles wrong. Yeah, twenty miles. Only by wrong. twenty miles. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I'm gonna read this little. Uh, I'm just gonna read this little uh, paragraph they have. Okay. Go for it. It says, "What do hop heads love about hops? Great big punchy aromas." At Pelican Brewing, we've been packing hop aroma into beer for over twenty years. Beak Breaker is our newest homage to aronic, aromic innovation. Are you kidding me? Why do they? <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm just upset because I can't read very well. With masses, massive additions to Mosaic, Citra, and Centennial hops, this beer delivers a bright citrus tropical aroma with notes of ruby, red, grapefruit, and sweet pine, blasting your olfactory sense enough to break your beak. What is that word? Can I get a Google? It's, no, it's, it's, it's olfactory. Olfactory. Old factor. Give me a, give me a, yeah, give me a sentence explanation on that word, please. Okay, hold on. Let me Google it for you, just a real quick. Google. Someone, someone pull that I up. Can't. I can't. It has something up. to do with your something, your olfactory. So olfactory is relating to your sense of smell. Okay. So ah, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See that paragraph there. I'm pretty sure nearly every sentence talked about the aroma or smell. Is that interesting? I guess a little bit, but when you're talking about scoring beers like that's a big deal right that is the so, only thing they said about the only thing they said about taste was hints of ruby red grapefruit which is weird because i don't taste grapefruit in this beer i don't okay let's let's you? let's let's finish off our label appearance we're going to give that a five because i agree with you and let's go ahead and All move right. on to let's let's move on to taste because i actually do want to address this taste not aftertaste taste we're going to move on to taste just taste okay. I do agree with do you. you. I don't taste any grapefruit. However, half the time I don't. I don't freaking taste it. <laughs> it I don't taste like it, beer. dude. <laughs> and especially with 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 uh, IPAs, I am a big IPA drinker. I love IPAs, but um, 
This tastes like every other one that I've ever tasted. I would agree. The good thing um, about this it's... one is it is for being a 9% beer, it is not super like in your face cuz I've had some no. that are 9 9-10% and they just they they punch you right there, right in the nose, right in the yep. mouth, right in the olfactory senses. We're look we're looking at you 10 hop IPA rogue. Please don't ever do that again. It was <laughs> I love you rogue. <laughs> Please. The ten hop is good for cooking things. If you need a cooking beer, is that actually what it's for? I don't know. I just I said it because it sounded right. Yeah. Also, I keep okay. I keep clicking my pen. Um. So, deal with it. Okay. So 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 taste. <laughs> what would you give it? Out of twenty, um, I I like the taste. I am definitely biased of IPAs. Um, let me take a sip real quick. You you don't there's no overpowering flavor in it. You no. you don't notice you don't notice any you don't notice red ruby grapefruit. Um it's it's definitely hoppy, um very very hoppy. Um but I like that. I like I don't I don't like drinking like beer very much. I no, like I tasting beer. That's that's why I like drinking IPAs. Um <laughs> I would probably give it a What would you give it? You go first this well, time. Like I said earlier, like I'm not the I got biggest. My score. I'm not the biggest fan of overly hoppy things. Granted, this isn't supposed to be like a hazy. Um, at the same time, it's also a double. Which, if you were to just hand me this, um, from just the taste alone, I wouldn't have known that it was a double because it is very mild. Almost, I would give it a fifteen. Okay, I was gonna say a twelve. A twelve. I'll give it a twelve. Can I uh, can I back up for a second? You can back up, indeed. This is the second time I've done this. Um, it's okay. Welcome to the podcast. Let's talk about the cap. We did not address the cap whatsoever. I'm gonna be honest. I just threw away the cap. Didn't even look okay. at it. Okay. Well, it's white with a pelican on it. <laughs> Same one from their <laughs> logo. It says Pelican right. Brewing Company, born at the beach. Nothing underneath it. Very simple. It's black and white. Um, nothing to really take note about, but I'm glad that I drugged this conversation backwards to talk about it. I feel like um, it was necessary. Have you noticed that a lot of these small breweries are actually based out of the beach, out they near, are. near the coast? It's very interesting. Which I think is, which I think is really interesting. And is. I don't know if that's necessarily because of the tourist population over there. I would agree. Or... You can't grow yeah, hops I don't at the know. beach. That's that's what I was about to say. Yeah. You know, that that's more of an inland thing. Exactly. Especially near near where I am yep. currently. Yeah, there's a lot of hop fields out there. Um but yeah, sorry. Uh yeah, I'm gonna giving it a twelve for taste. Um it's nothing special. It's it's heavier than a normal IPA. It hits you a little harder, but it's not like you're not like ugh. You know? It's it's just a right. heavy beer taste. Let's go uh let's go into aftertaste. Um there really isn't much of an aftertaste. I sorry, I just took another sip. It's I would say it's citrusy. See now this it is, is this is where I'm getting the grapefruit. Oh my gosh. Are you tasting the grapefruit now? You, on you, the swallow. Do you, do you, do you taste, feel it? Yeah, do you, yeah, Brandy, taste it. I, taste it on the do swallow. Do I need to gargle it? On the swallow. Do no. I need to gargle it or no, just, no gargles. Just swallow it? On the swallow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
You get that? Oh my gosh, there is grapefruit in this. Okay, I can see that. No, yeah. you yeah, that's grapefruit. It's 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 different because, you know, grapefruit isn't a fruit that we that we go to the store, we buy 10 grapefruits and we eat them all week, you know. Right. I I have probably had one grapefruit in my entire life. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I've ever yeah, had a grapefruit. Exactly. So I am so biased here. It's, I don't even know what a grapefruit so tastes like. Grapefruit, a grapefruit tastes like any other citrus fruit. Like it has that citrus hint to it, but it's very, very sour. It's like a very sour orange. Um, and I, I'm, I'm literally getting that exact flavor on the swallow. I am. Well, I wouldn't say that's a bad thing. No, it's if not. If I were going to rate, if I were going to rate the aftertaste, um, it's, it's bearable. Uh, again, it's not a 10 hop. Um, I'll give it a, I'm going to stick with my 15. I, I don't think it's unbearable. I think it's pretty good. Okay. I gave it a 15 too. I wrote it down before yeah. you even said anything. What? Um, I like the aftertaste more than the initial taste. How do you like that? I have to disagree. You I disagree. disagree. You like, you I like disagree. the, you like the lip hit first. The one thing, the one thing about IPAs, okay, is a lot of them do leave a lingering taste in your mouth. Yes. For and like hours. That, that that comes with the ho all the hops that they put inside of it, and that's not always a bad thing. But for a lot of them, it is like ten hop. Right. <laughs> Moving on to uh, let's see here, smell. Let's give her a quick yeah. smell test, huh? Quick smell. Should test. we make this as like not obnoxious as we can? Oh, we should. I think we should. Okay. Hold, hold on, hold on. Oh yeah. G give me give me one yeah, second. Me I got to pour too, another. Too, I got to pour another beer. Oh okay. okay. Um, so while he pours another beer, da, 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 it's Andy's Cutaway Podcast. What's up, guys? My name's Andy, and I'm here to tell you a little appliance fact. So did you know that most ranges get really dirty after you use them? The best way to clean them inside and out would be to be, if you have a glass top, lightly use a razor blade to scrape up all the mess that you can inside and out. And then you can use a wet paper towel to clean that mess up. And then you can hit it literally with any cleaner, any cleaner you want. Go for it. Let it soak for about two to three minutes. Hit it with a wet or a, any type of rag or anything. And your oven will be looking beautiful. Back to the podcast. All right. We're smelling. We're smelling. Okay. Okay. Citrusy for sure. It really doesn't. I mean, it smells like an IPA. It does. Me. They all smell very similar. Um, I'm not really... Other than, like, a broad citrusy smell, it's not taking me anywhere. What do you think? I mean... Other than smelling like a citrus beer, like... No, I have to agree. I don't. I don't think I I'm, have to agree. Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. No, it um, smells it's good. It's not. It's not. It's not something that bothers me. Right. And I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to give it a fifteen. I'm going straight fifteen. Fifteen's okay. I was gonna say thirteen. Thirteen. Thirteen okay. on smell. Okay. All right, and drinkability. So drinkability is when you grab the beer with your hand. You press the edge of the glass to your lips, and you, in the sa at the same time, this is kind of hard, you twist your wrist up so the, the liquid comes to the edge of the glass as you tilt your head back. Now, when the beer enters your mouth and you swallow it, that is the whole process of drinkability. How does the glass feel on your hand? 
How does it go somewhere way different with that? (laughs) 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 But yeah, so so Brandon, I'm gonna do let's do an exercise together. Okay, okay. okay. So sit down, look forward. I'm looking forward. Place the your right hand on the beer glass. Okay. Hold it in front of your chin. Okay. Now take a drink. Relatively painless. How was that experience? Relatively painless? I would agree Relatively with you. Painless. I actually enjoyed that whole process. I think this is a it, it is heavy. Okay. If you like light beers and you want to try an IPA, don't get this for the first time. You won't like it. No, um, definitely not. But as a person who has been drinking IPAs pretty regularly for the past three years, I love the way this one drinks. It's I love it. It's it doesn't hurt. It it doesn't make you want to gag. It's it has great. It it does taste pretty decent. Um, yeah, I think it's great. So maybe we should rate it, or we should think of drinkability as a scale of one to how many you can drink. I could drink this whole six pack. Then I would give it a twenty. Oh, I don't know about twenty. That's I'm gonna give it that's a, scaling over a little bit high. No, yeah, you, a little you, bit high. you can't say. Brandy, no. you can't come into the first podcast and start throwing around 20s like you're right. Out of no, the you're water. right. Come on. That's what I was thinking. Come on. I'm going to give it 17. a 19. 17. 17. Okay, that's a good score. That's a really I'm good tight. score. I'm tight. I'm tight. Okay. I'm sorry. I I, you, I mean, you've been so far, you've rated everything lower than me, so I can see that. Yeah. I'm going to have to give it a 18.885. All right. Nine. All right, so what's your total score you got? I'm going to have to do a little. I just, I should not have thrown that number out there because now I, I can't tell you. Wow. I did not grade it very well. I'll go with mine so you can do some math. I came up with a total score of 62. I gave it a 5 out of 20 for label appearance. 15 out of 20 for aftertaste. 13 out of 20 for smell. And a 12 out of 20 for taste. See, it's weird. I like the aftertaste more than it tastes. That is a little weird. It is strange. But I think it's because I, mean, I, th- I think it's because it's a double IPA and it's a little heavier. It's that grapefruit. You like that, that grapefruit? Yeah, that citrus. It's all about that's... that olfactory, olfactory yeah, the uh, explosion at right. the end right there. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> No, that so my, I get a little citrus kiss at the end there. It just keeps me coming back for more, you know? I guess so. Uh, so my score came out to be 68.8859. My highest score was that last one there on drinkability. Um, now, I feel like I almost cheated coming into this because I feel like in future podcasts, we may do a beer... In fact, I think we should probably do a beer in which we haven't tried yet. Absolutely. Uh, this one was definitely biased. I've had this beer a lot. Me too. Like, it is probably one of my go-to IPAs. Um, I think that they did a really good job on this beer. Um, my scoring was from the bottom of my heart. I agree with everything that I said. Uh, yep. The label was not great. The taste is good. Aftertaste is good. Uh, drinkability is great. I could drink like 20 of these in one night. Not that I'm going to. I uh, whenever you do, let me know so I can attend. <laughs> All right, so we got a 62 out of 100, 68.8859 out of 100 for Brandy. Um, 
you know, not not bad scores for the first beer. Uh, I think after a couple episodes, we'll kind of see the average, see how things work out. Um, maybe we'll double back to Pelican in a little bit, a couple months to a year, um, and see if we can get a different score out of it. Um, I feel bad because we used a pretty good beer as our first uh, beer, and I, I really was kind of biased on my scores. I didn't want to set the bar high. Um, but at the end of the day, the appearance, like this beer bottle is the most basic beer bottle you've ever seen. Um, right. It uh, is. You, you, you're getting better beer bottles from like Heineken and, and Corona, like Corona is so classic. Like, uh, it's a bad example, but it's, it's a simple beer. It's the, there's really no, nothing that catches your eye or anything. Um, but I think if you have nothing else to say about it, we should, we should get moving on, um, into the main meat of our show here. Yes, yes. Let's go ahead and do that. Oh, so, yeah, you want to introduce it? Our, absolutely. All right. So our second, our second segment that we will have on this podcast is going to be our ticker of the week. Um, now, so generally, what we will do is we're going to introduce you to one ticker. Uh, by the way, if you don't know what a ticker is, it is a specific um, identification for a specific stock. Uh, for example, you have TSLA for Tesla. Uh, is it AAPL for Apple? Yep. And all of those GM General um, Motors so every, F for Ford, right. you get it. GME GameStop. <laughs> Anyways, Diamond Hands. Anyways, so every week we're going to give you a different ticker, and we're going to kind of talk about that ticker. Um, before we get into that, how about we actually talk about a little bit of GameStop? Let's talk GameStop. That has, been, that has been a big thing on people's minds last couple. Of Let's weeks. talk GameStop. So yeah. I'll give a little rundown. Um, so pretty much what happened, um, we get most of our information through Reddit. Um, we love keeping up with Reddit. Um, we're pretty active um, with reading, keeping up with stuff. I would definitely say I'm a lurker. Um, I love just reading drama and people talking. Uh, I don't comment much. Brandon, would you agree with me? I don't think I've ever commented on anything <laughs> there you stock go. related on Reddit. Yeah, so there you go. Um, but yeah, so we, we like to keep up with what's going on uh, with our Reddit homies because people of Reddit are the best. Um, they're crazy. They're idiots. And I love them. Um, but yeah, so this all started when this guy, uh, I believe it was in the summertime of 2020, posted an absolute crazy dd about gamestop um he did his due diligence he completely analyzed their entire company and he said you know what seven dollars i'm going in i'm buying all the stocks and um that was a long time ago right that was, was. that was over six months ago um so since then um we had some uh, hedge funds not pointing any fingers to anyone but f you melvin <laughs> Uh, mm -hmm. come in and say, you know what? Because the United States is so beautiful, we can make money off of a company going out of business, and that's exactly what we're gonna do here. We're gonna we're gonna to uh, short this this year company, and we're gonna make a couple million bucks, you know. And the uh, great people on Reddit caught on. They're like, hey, we can screw these guys over. Let's do it. Why not? And that's what they did. Um. So yeah, we had this insane debacle. It was all over the news. Everyone was talking about it. You could talk to anyone on the street. They know what you're talking about. It was awesome. It was really awesome. Like it was something, it was actually one of the first times in my life that something I really cared about was like being mentioned on the news. And like, it, it just made me excited to wake up every day and like see what was going <laughs> on. I don't know. I just got like these nerd butterflies flowing through me. Um, and I think something that is really important to mention is 
this is like I had just introduced Brandon to like investing and like actually got him going with like a broker and like yeah. getting his money yeah. into the market. And for it, it was a rough. Yeah, it was, it was so weird coming into like something that was going to happen once. Like, well, I mean, I don't I wouldn't say once in a lifetime, but not something that really ever happened to the scale to the because it did yes. happen in 2008 with Volkswagen. Um, right. But this is this is something different. This isn't a coincidence. This is actually like like people being like, let's do like we are in this together. I don't know any of you guys, but we are going to do this together. Yeah. Sorry, I was drinking. Um, okay. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about GameStop. Um, we saw the price uh, absolutely skyrocket. I believe it was it on a Thursday or a Friday. I think it was Thursday. I'm looking up the details yeah. on it because I actually want to remember when. So let's see here. Back in January. No, that's. Let's see. Okay, so December, around the beginning of December, they were on roughly $14 a stock, right? Yep. Roughly. And around beginning of January, which is around when all this started. Well, no, it started around the middle of January, didn't it? So around the middle of January, it jumped up to, on January 14th, jumped up to $39. Arguably, that's about the time when everyone started getting in on every in on all this. Yep. January twenty fifth is the day it took off. Yes, yeah, so it hit seventy six dollars closing that day, I believe. On the twenty sixth. That was the twenty fifth. So yeah, the the twenty fifth to the twenty sixth is when it all just started going. Okay. So we had two days to look at this, and I'm a late bloomer. I hopped on the hype train late because F the big man. I bought a stock at $322.28. Which is essentially, it's, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it the peak because it did hit above. Didn't it hit above 500 at one point? No, it was 340. Th 347. Well, no, it, I swear it hit above. Okay, so so three forty seven, right? Three eighty three, so three eighty four eighty three is the fifty two week high. Right, right. So at least you didn't buy it then, right? Yeah. I mean, okay, you got to think about it though. You and I had every opportunity. We knew about this. I wouldn't say we knew, but we knew something was going to happen around the time happen. that it was a, about forty to sixty dollars. On, I want to say around the time it was seventy to eighty dollars. I contemplated buying a bunch of stock in GameStop, and I ended up not doing it. Yeah. Uh, that was at the very beginning. That was when it started going up towards its peak. That was before it started coming down. Uh, absolutely regret it. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, do you have anything else to say about GameStop, personally? I kind of want to tailor, uh, I, I want to tailor this conversation more towards the uh, political, um, environmental impacts of this whole situation no go ahead okay go ahead. so the fact the biggest thing that came from this was most people talk about this but it, it's kind of in a joking matter but we really saw it come out and to be actually true no one cares about you 
they don't literally no one cares about you you don't matter like you you don't they the fact that the sec can just turn the other cheek and allow these hedge funds to come in and work their magic and make it so we are restricted as everyday traders to make it so we cannot manipulate the market. I use that word. I should not be using that word, but that's what it was. We were trying to screw these guys over as a group. And Andy is essentially talking about, um, I mean, I guess we can say who they are. Robinhood essentially making a step where um, this stock became so inflated that they stopped people from buying it. Not just Robinhood. Tens, tens of tens of brokers. I, I don't know the exact number, but it's definitely more than 10. Um, there's only a couple that allowed uh, or didn't do anything to the stock. Um, the reason Robinhood did this was because they were going to go bankrupt. They didn't have enough capital to back to back their investors. Um, right. And if you don't have enough capital to back your investors, you should not be a broker. That's plain and simple. It's very easy to understand. If you want to be a stockbroker, you have to be able to back and have the capital to do it. And the fact that Robinhood tucked their tail between their legs and said, okay, all right, it's cool. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Just like literally blows my mind. And the fact that they're going to get away with it, Scott's free. Like I, I, I was, I've been very upset, um, with the United States. Um, this, past week here um and yeah it kind of makes me scared to be an investor um because you know you can't you literally can't trust them like you mm-hmm. y- you can't um and the fact that i mean we're we're just getting started investing so we're, we're not working with you know a lot of capital compared to other people but i mean you, you had people people here on reddit throwing hundreds of thousands of dollars hundreds right. of thousands of dollars um, because at the end of the day, they, they knew that, um, they probably would still make money, but, um, with what all that happened last week, um, it really puttered things out and made it stale. And that's, it's sad. It's really sad. It is, you know, it's, and that comes down to that whole concept of who has the most money, right? Exactly. Because for for a while every, like I like Andy said we follow a lot of Reddit and that's where we get a lot of our stuff from um not saying that's the only source that we get our um news and stuff from but everybody on Reddit was essentially blaming Melvin Capital because they were claiming that they were giving all this money to Robinhood and so many people believe that um and maybe that is true maybe it's not I don't actually know. Do you know, Andy, were they actually funding Robinhood? Yeah, so they weren't funding them. Citadel, the bank that Melvin Capital is a that uses, um, accounts to over 50% of Robinhood's net profits for the entire year. Right. So you have to imagine, why would Robinhood turn their back on their biggest investor? You know, like they that is literally the source that keeps them afloat. Right. That is a very, and it's a very fair assumption to make. You know what I mean? Right. Because in today's day and age, money does fund a lot of things. I, it, you know, a lot of decisions are, are based on money as well. Money's the motive. And maybe that's not fair, but that's just kind of how it is. No, it is. And it sucks because we don't have a voice. I, I, I'm just a single guy with a couple thousand bucks and he's got, 
we're talking about billions of dollars here. Right. Like, like yep. it's they don't even like. It's so frustrating. <laughs> but uh, moral of the story is a lot of people made money, um, and a lot of people lost money. Yep. And welcome to the stock the real, market. The real crappy thing about all this is that the people that lost money are people just like you and me. Exactly. And the people that gained money, not necessarily. There's there was a lot of people just like you and me that got got money. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, a lot of a lot of people that gained money were those bigger um, brokerages and stuff. Exactly. And you know, we all banded together as a community to do something about that, and we were essentially told that we can't do that because the people with the money have more power here. Yep. But anyways, um, I think we should uh transition this into uh our neo conversation what do you think okay so our ticker of the week this week will be neo warning while brandy and andy may sound intelligent you shouldn't take anything they say as financial advice they are not financial advisors they are just two men who enjoy beer and chatting about unrealistic scenarios if they really knew what would happen they wouldn't be telling you for free would they all right. So as Brandy said, our ticker of the week is NIO or NEO or whatever the F you want to call them. Um, so they were founded in November of 2014. They are based out of China. They are a Chinese electric car company. Um, they make luxury electric cars. So we're not, well, um, it's, it's hard to, electric vehicles are so new. It's hard to um, kind of, uh, put them in their own categories because um, a lot of pretty much a lot almost everybody would consider any electric vehicle a luxury vehicle i would i would assume um i don't want to make assumptions but at the end of the day if you have an electric car a lot of people would look at you and be like oh my gosh like that's luxury you know but that's possibly soon to change though ab- i mean no you, absolutely you, you, absolutely you look time. at what, like, uh, for example, Joe Biden has decided to replace the entire federal fleet with electric vehicles, which I think is pretty cool. I think that opens up a lot of opportunities for investment, um, as well as a lot of opportunities for growth in technology. Yeah. And I think that is a really good thing. Yeah. Um, specifically, Neo, though. So right now, they are a China only, correct? Yep. Electric vehicle company. Yep. So they only sell their vehicles in China. Um, they do have a couple, I was reading, they have a couple headquarters, um, couple throughout Europe. They actually have something here in the U S I did not entirely read on it, but they don't sell them here in the U S. So they have a, they have a headquarters in San Jose. Um, I believe they have a couple cars on display there. And, um, I think it's just, they keep it going for the future. This is this isn't something that's um, happening right now in America, but right. I I think this is just having their foot in the door for when um, they are ready to expand into the American markets. Um, if that ever is a possibility, um, they have their foot in the door and they're ready to go. So interestingly enough, I was reading something earlier, and this is what I was talking to you about before we started the podcast. Um, they posted a linkedin job opportunity the title is business plan u.s market and the job job responsibilities include work with american companies and teams to develop american business strategies and formulate an action plan to enter the u.s market and pull through the cluster resources 
in the headquarters based on key deliverabilities. So is it a possibility that we could get NIO here, or sorry, NEO here in America? It is. Right. We have to think this, this is a weird time to be living in the world um, because there's so much nationalism um, that has, it's, nationalism's always been a thing, um, but with cars, it's, it's different. I don't, I don't know what it is, um, but if you live in a specific country, like there's some stigma that you need to buy like that country's car. And like right. governments, governments care so much about that. Um, right. I, th I think it's just because they want to be the winners, you know, like they want to be able to point the finger and be like, ha, we beat you. Um, but I think that's going to be something that Neo struggles with if they want to expand into um, other countries' markets. Um, that's true. Yeah. Um, that's Especially with like GM and Ford talking about these big moves into the electric vehicle economy. Because I know that especially GM has put a lot of money into um, bringing forward. They have some project. It's called like the Bright, Bright something or other where they invested a whole lot of money into it. And I mean, honestly, my guess would be not only are they doing this for to grow their own economy, but because of the fact that we're talking about replacing the entire federal fleet with electric vehicles. Now is a big time more than any other to bring an electric vehicle car here that is... Um, very reliable and is is neo reliable like is that a car that we can depend on because i know they have a very different business model than some others like they Tesla. do they do this this is this is what innovation is it's 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 doing something different and the the really exciting thing about what's going on is no one's ever done what these companies are doing before so like this is literally like a like a trial like we're we're literally trying but doing it in real life um, and we'll see what types of strategies um, come out on top within the next 10 years. You know, we'll definitely know what's here to stay and what the future is looking like. Um, but we're in, a, we're in a trial and error time in our lives right now with electric vehicles. Um, we know the one thing that we know is they're going to be the future, but we do not know what that future will look like still. It's very, it's very um uh, it's penciled in and it's not uh it's not for sure right now um so that's why you see all these these small companies popping up right now because like they're trying to get their foot in the door because if they can do it like that's they're just i mean they're gonna do it and it's gonna be what works and um yeah so that's why it's kind of exciting um one thing i think we should start talking about with neo is their batteries i think we should start yes. with batteries um, so essentially Tesla is the supreme leader of electric vehicle in the United States. Would you not agree? Like by far, if anybody has a name out there for electric vehicle, it's Tesla. Absolutely. So when we're comparing Tesla's market or sorry, Tesla's vehicles to Neo's vehicles, how do they differ in terms of battery? So or any, any kind of difference? Yeah, let's see. Um, I have Neo's here, but let me look up Tesla. So I know one thing, for example, is the way that they charge, right? So Tesla is that type of is the type of vehicle which you bring it home when you're done driving it for the day and you plug it into a wall. Now Neos is a little bit different. You can do that with Neos too. Can you do that with Neos? I would just like to say yes. So I know that they are offering a battery package where it's something like ten thousand dollars off the vehicle uh, to be able to rather than bring that battery home and charge it you bring it to one of their 
vehicle pit stops, I guess you would say, and it essentially swaps that battery. Yep. B-A-S-S. Battery yes. as a service, as they call it. Um, this is a subscription service. Um, so as we know, NEO is in the luxury car uh, uh, market. Um, so if you drive a NEO, you can assume that you have more money than you know what to do with it. So you bought a very expensive car. Um, and with this expensive car that you bought, you now have to pay a monthly subscription fee to use it. Awesome. Thank you, Netflix. Um, but but you don't have to buy gas. Um, you essentially can drive as long as you want, wherever you want, and can replace a battery within 15 minutes. Um, as of right now, um, I looked at one of the models. I looked at the ET7. Um, which is their sedan, I believe. And mm -hmm. um, the range on that current battery is about 1,000 kilometers, which um, equals out to 621 miles. Holy cow. Now, um, I'm looking at a just a quick Google search. Um, I don't know how accurate this is. It looks like it's from June 15th, 2020, posted on the Tesla blog. It says... Um, the North American Model S Long Range Plus has an official rated range of 402 miles. So, so they're beating them by almost 200 so, miles. Yeah. Essentially so they've they've got them beat by 20%. Like that is insane. That is absolutely insane. Um, the battery technology that they have over Tesla, um, and coupled with the fact that they they're moving towards the charging station BASS um I would like to mention that Tesla has also flirted with the idea of BASS um and when they first came out that was kind of more of their initiative was to be able to swap batteries um they were not able to do it efficiently and I feel this um technology to them is still on the table but I feel like it's something that they have put on the back burner for a very long time now, and they're not concerned mm -hmm. about. Um, right. And I think the biggest thing we need to look at that is the type of market that they are in. Okay. In America, you have a lot of suburban families, pretty much a, most families and people live in some sort of neighborhood or in a, their own home where they have a garage and their own property. Um, but when you look at China, there's a lot of um, um, apartment living. You know, there's a lot of people crammed into the small city. There's um, there's there's no room to park your car. Like you're parking in parking garages. You're parking on the street. So you can't really charge from home, um, right. which is where this BASS technology comes in. Um, if they have, um, let's see. I have some um, stats here. So with uh, the battery as of service technology, they were able to lower the price of their cars by 25%. How insane wow. is that? How insane is that? I mean, more and more, I want to buy one. They, it's really disappointing that they're not here. Seriously, they were able to lower the price of their cars by introducing the BAASS system into China by 25%, a quarter of the price. They slashed the DOS. Okay. Um, and I got some statistics here. As of August 2020, they now have 143 battery swap stations across 64 cities in China. 
and they've completed over 800,000 battery sw- swaps as of August 2020. Um, wow. I believe I believe that their goal was to be at 200 battery swap stations by the... No, I think it was to have made 200 battery swap stations in 2021. Yeah, that's what I read as well. Yeah, so they want to produce 200 more battery swap stations by the end of the year. And once you start getting these stations up, if you're able to keep them up and running at very efficient rates, um, and especially when you start seeing a lot more cars produced, um, they say that this... um, I just want to talk about the uh, battery stations real quick. It's it's pretty much all um, um, robots. Um, you 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 drive your car there. Your car parks itself. It gets picked up um, by hydraulics, and then two bat um, robot arms come and swap your battery for you. And and they say it's they hope that it's going to be faster than getting a tank of gas, like filling up your car at the gas station. Um, and that's insane because. You're paying a monthly fee, like you don't need to pay fifty to sixty bucks every time, right? You're paying the set amount that you know you're gonna pay, um, and then guess what? You get to drive six hundred and twenty-one miles. Six hundred and twenty-one miles, just in under five minutes. Like that is crazy. That is unheard of. Right. Like absolutely unheard of. Um, so I, I think that this technology that they're going for, if they are able to get to the point where they are producing enough battery swap stations in enough cities that you can travel around China, like without going on crazy detours to swap your battery. Um, I think this has a great, great chance of being the future because how easy would it be to replace gas stations with battery swap stations? Like how easy would that be? You know, like if you have a gas station, put a battery swap station right next to it. You pull your car in, it swaps itself, and then you're gone. What's what's really interesting is um, a lot of their funding too right now. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't want to be wrong about this, but they're getting a lot of money from their the country as well. Correct? Mm-hmm. They're getting a lot of money from China to implement this kind of stuff. Yeah. So. In April, they were actually approaching bankruptcy. They were not selling enough cars. They were losing, burning through all of their cash. Um, and they had a billion dollars of funding come from Chinese investors, um, which mm-hmm. does include the Chinese government. Um, I'll put bailout in quotations because it wasn't necessarily a bailout. It was very close to a bailout. Um, probably if they waited another month, it would have been a bailout. Um, but yeah, one billion dollars from Chinese investors, backed by the government now. So this is the only elect electric car company backed by the government in China. Like that is huge. Yes. That is that Absolutely. is massive. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now let's let's tie that into their ticker price right now, okay? Because I think that's very important. This this company's trading at fifty six dollars right now. Like, let's think of Tesla, right? Because Tesla's the big one. Tesla's the hype train. They are everything. They just had a stock split this summer. And they're still at $853. Like, I know that Neo will never be the hype train of Elon Musk, the tweets, the crazy theories and 
everything he says. But if you can value an electric car company, screw that. I'm not even going to call Tesla an electric car company. If you no, can value, no, you if you can value a battery company that produces electronic electric cars for six hundred dollars a share, tell me why. Tell me why in at least two years, Neil will not be in the hundreds at some. I don't know if it'll be in the hundred, hundred, two hundred. I don't know. But like that, it just doesn't make sense. It really doesn't yeah. make sense. Um, the only big difference is luxury versus everyday driving, right? A Tesla is not as expensive as a Neo car. Um, and that's a big thing. But the biggest difference, this is the biggest thing, but biggest thing between them is the battery as a service because mm -hmm. if you can drive in china and know that you have somewhere where you can go for 10 minutes and then you're able to drive another 621 miles like that is absurd you don't need to worry about charging your car for a couple hours like if you go on a road trip you don't need to worry like you don't need to worry you're not paying for gas like whatsoever um, to put this a little bit more into perspective, um, I did find some interesting facts about NEO earlier today uh, in comparison to some other car companies. Um, so NEO, Ferrari is obviously a very, uh, very much a well-known household name. Um, they sell out the door real quick. Everybody wants one. I mean, if I had a million dollars, I would go buy a Ferrari right now. Uh, NEO actually employs three times more people than Ferrari. They have a current wow. currently they employ nine thousand people. Are you serious? Um I, I am. I, I thought that was really interesting when I read that earlier, but you have to think about it. When you're so Ferrari is more than a luxury car, right? They're they're something that everybody wants. Right. Um not everybody what sorry, did you have something? No, I, I was just gonna say like the biggest thing about that is like when you hear Ferrari like you just know, like they have history. Yeah. Like they have it history. Is. It, like I said, it is a, it's very much a household name. You know, every, everybody knows that name. Um, and the fact that they have 3000 more employees doesn't necessarily mean that they're a better company, but it means that they have that potential to produce the amount of cars that could make them the next big company. Exactly. Um, uh, not only that, uh, when we compare their sales over the last few months, December, they set an all-time high for monthly sales. I think it was something around like low 7,000s, something like that. Yeah. Um, and this this month, they beat that again at 7,240 cars. Um, and they're pretty much at their, their capacity for what they can produce right now. So not only are they selling a lot of cars, they're selling almost as much as they can produce. As of right now. Right. And that it's it's it just gets me excited because it does just knowing that I put my fifty seven dollars in right now and I'm gonna get double to triple that in a couple of years, like it just makes me so excited and I like I want to spread this to the world because like this is a very, very great opportunity for a lot of people to make a lot of money. Like you, it is. There isn't a lot of times in your life where you'll you'll get a company that is just starting to take off and their stock price be so little. Like it's only $57 a share. If you want to buy one share of Tesla, you have to put over $800. You could buy 
at least 15 shares of Neo and get one share of Tesla. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy. And you have to think about this now. Their room for growth is like there's no ceiling at this point. Tesla is. I think Tesla's due for some sort of correction eventually within the next year or two. Yes, there's valued very high, blah, 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 blah. But Neo hasn't ever been anywhere near that. Like we are so early on into their stock price mm-hmm. right now. Like if you are a long-term investor, we're talking 10 plus years. Like this is the stock you need to jump on right now. Like this, this is the one because you, if you are very conscientious about every single George Washington dollar bill that you hold in your hand, you need to give that dollar bill to Neo because they are going, <laughs> they will triple it. If you're holding for over 10 years, I, I am, I don't want to say I guarantee it, but I'm just saying I'm very confident in the fact yeah. that their stock price will be over a hundred dollars by this time in 10 months. I have to agree. This time in 10 months, we're talking, we're talking December 5th, 2021. You'll type in NIO on whatever trading app that you use. The stock price will pop up and it will be three triple digits. I guarantee it. So we're talking, I don't guarantee it. I'm confident. (laughs) So we're talking at least a, what is that? 80% increase in their stock price over 10 months. You don't Uh find like, you don't find that anywhere else. Um, that's why I'm very excited. Like I have a great feeling about this stock. Um, I'm excited to hold for a very long time. Um, every month I've been adding to my portfolio Neo. Every single month Neo is I'm accumulating more and more Neo shares. I don't care what the price is. I am buying Neo right now. They are 100% buy for me. But again, we're not financial advisors. Nope. We don't want you to go out there and spend all your money. I'm on an Neo. idiot. I'm an idiot. It, I honestly. I got my degree in finance and I'm still stupid. So. Yeah, I I I have. I have never dealt with stock until recently, and um, you know I know as much as I read. I do do a lot of research on these things, but I don't know what I'm talking about, and neither does Andy. Nope. Um, we follow our gut on what we should do, and if that's something you want to do too, go for it. But we're not sitting here telling you to do at, it. Uh, that is your own choice. At the end of the day, you can sit there and you can listen to everything I say, and you can be like, "Yo, I'm with Andy. Let's do it." And then Neo is going to go bankrupt and you're going to lose all your money. And they're going to be like, you don't want that. You're going to be like, F you, Andy. No, I want you to go. I want you to go on Neo's website. I just want you to look through. I want you to read some forums. I want you to read some news articles um, about the company because Neo, sorry, Neo is much more than an electric car company right now. Neo has, they are into the fast food restaurant business about um this is crazy this is something i've never told you brandon they are involved in the fast food restaurant business about um processed foods making sure that foods are 100 percent organic um hmm. how fast you can produce a food they are really they're all about log- logistics and things like they 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 don't like 99% of their attention is going towards their cars, right? Because like that's their company. They're an electric car company. Right. But they're they have dipped their toes into a lot. They have their own fashion brand. You can buy Neo clothing. No they, way. They, they have designers that work for them. Yeah, dude, I'm serious. Like they they are planning something very conspic- conspicuous 
right now. Um, and we are in the very, very early stages, which is why I'm so excited about the next five to 10 years on this company. Like we are going to see some crazy stuff happen and we're going to make a lot of money. I'm talking about, I'm talking about Brandy and I, because Brandy and I are going to hold and we're smart, but you guys do whatever you want, buy and sell, complain. I don't care, but Brandy and I, we're going to make a lot of money on this company. The only one here that can blame Andy if I lose all my money is me. Yep. Well, with that being said, I think we probably babbled on enough. I would I say think we've so. We've gotten our point across. I would say so. I think this was a great. <laughs> I think this was a great first episode. Um, I appreciate all of you that stayed until the end because we're just getting started here. We're working out the rough patches. Um, I think the episodes in the future are going to be a lot cleaner. Um, this one went a little long because we had to, you know do introductions and kind of get into things um we're definitely scared about it being too short but screw that we killed it Dude, we absolutely it killed it arguably too long but I, we will see we will see absolutely um i hope everybody enjoyed listening to us talk um i have a very annoying voice so i hope you fall in love with it um other than that try oregon brews they're great um Pelican Double Hop IPA. Oh. I'm not gonna stop drinking this beer until I die. It's so, a good beer. It is. Okay, we 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 might have we might have pooped on it a little bit. We might have thrown a little bit of shade at it, but it is a good beer. I, I recommend you go try it in any other Oregon beer. Absolutely, because I'm gonna I even though I gave it a 62 out of 100, I'm gonna buy this beer again. So. Well, with that being said, I think it's time to end the Brandy and Age show. Absolutely. And if you want to follow us on these social media platforms. I mean, that's something Andy and I have to talk about, but it could very well happen. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants to stay informed. So it's something we got to talk about, Andy. Absolutely. We got to talk about it. Yep. We got to talk about it, dude. We'll talk about everything. Um, maybe we'll make a Reddit page. I don't know. That could be fun interacting with you guys. Um, that maybe could be something a lot of fun. We'll talk I would about. love that. Yeah. We can get some like serious listeners on there. We can chat with you guys. Maybe have some guest uh, speakers. I don't know. We can do whatever we want. This is our podcast. This is Brandy and Andy our show. Podcast. So the Brandy and Andy show. We got one Brandy. We got one Andy. We got a show going on. So let's call it the Brandy and Andy show. It's pretty simple. Um, other than that, I really appreciate talk with you, Brandon. Brandy, it's been great. Um, I very much looking forward to next week. Uh, I don't have any spoilers because we're very lazy and um, we don't do uh, our uh, due diligence until you know the day before or the day of. So next week's a whole mystery to us and to you guys. All right. Thanks for listening to the Brandy and Andy show. Brandy and Andy, we out of here. We outie. Love you guys.